you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hello great to be back with you this week i am excited to share with you that my home is actually coming along uh i was really excited and so in the zone for the first month that we lived here and then You know, things got real as I kind of was choosing over 200 items for my new house and getting stuck and stumped and trying to figure out how much I really want to invest. And this feels like our forever home, but what does forever mean? And do I splurge on this and save on this? All the while, prices have seriously gone up this year significantly. Things that we used to buy for 20, 25% less this time last year are now, you know, really a lot more expensive than I feel like they should be. Now, I know there's lots going on in the supply chain world, but, you know, they have completely reduced customer service. And at the same time, these retailers have jacked up the prices and I'm struggling. What is worth the splurge? Like, you know, do I really splurge a lot on the formal dining table and chairs? And we're not even going to eat there all that often. Do I turn the formal dining room into like a game room that would get used a lot more often with a pool table and arcade games? Do I just like let the China and Hutch go (laughs) and lean in? I don't know. I've been grappling with these different feelings, which has made it hard to invest. And also, of course, life got busy. Life got busy with the kids in school and sports. Life got busy with the work. Uh, the work. So when we moved in, I made sure that my kids' bedrooms were set up so they would feel excited and happy and like they had a special place to go. I made sure that my husband's TV room was set up so he'd feel excited and happy and like he had a place to go. And then I made sure that my office was set up because I wanted a place where I could really escape, get a ton of work done, be productive. We have to pay for this new house after all. So I needed a retreat where I could focus. Got all those set up and then life took over and my momentum stopped on the house. Additionally, on the weekends, I am pooped. I am so exhausted. The last thing I want to do is crack open 10 boxes. Oh my gosh. Well, the only thing that will fix that, guys, the only thing that will fix that lack of motivation 
is having people over. That's right. Not family members, because this needs to be somebody that you're going to impress. And so we made a plan this weekend, and we were having people over to the house. And I got my booty in gear this weekend. I decided to style every single bookcase in anticipation of these people coming because not only would that empty so many boxes, but also there's nothing like filling a bookcase to make a space feel warm, cozy, and homey. So I could get rid of two birds with one stone, making the place look so inviting and emptying out tons of boxes. The problem is, We do have a lot of books, but this place has even more built-in bookshelves, like just a ton of built-in bookshelves. So many that I like moved them from room to room. Yes, I had the contractors pop them off the walls and move this one there and this one there because, you know, built-ins are not a great investment. Most people do not want your built-ins. Oftentimes built-ins can look dated and they can prevent you from using the space because they take up a usable wall. They're built into a wall. And so many spaces in this day and age are very open concept and don't have enough usable walls. I'm always dissuading my clients from buying and installing expensive built-ins if they plan on moving in the next five to seven years. Anything beyond seven years, like make your own dreams come true, it's fine. Invest the money, you will get the value. But built-ins for built-ins sake are not a good plan. All right, we do not have enough books to fill all these damn bookends. So I moved my daughter's upstairs bookshelf because she had three built-ins in her room. And I moved it downstairs to the family room where there were no shelves. And I was like, okay, in the family room, we don't have a ton of books, but I want to play more games. You know, we always play the same three games, even though we have 33 games, right? And if the games were in our face, we would play them more and we would be less apt to sit in our family room and just watch the big old TV. I think that when you're styling a bookshelf, you should think to yourself, what are we going to be doing in this room? And use it as a storage opportunity. What do I need to store that is also aesthetically pleasing enough that I wouldn't mind seeing it? Or is there a way where I can make it aesthetically pleasing so that I don't mind seeing it? And it's really doing some heavy lifting for me in terms of that storage. So I'll just give you a couple of tips that came up for me as I was designing my bookcase this weekend, my bookcases, because I did one, two, three, four, four bookcases. And some of them were quite large. Like the one upstairs is nine feet long. Uh, So it was, it was, it was, it took the whole weekend, guys. It took the whole weekend. Okay. First things first, in the family room, you can of course put the games horizontally on the bookshelf. You just want to make sure that they don't overhang the front of the bookcase at all. So on the bottom, I did these pyramid stacks of our bulkier games. Think apples to apples, Pictionary, those kind of chunky ones. Then on the shelf above it, I actually turned the games vertically. Now, this again only works with the chunky games. It's not going to work with like a skinny clue or a skinny connect four. No, you're going to need to use those chunkier games, that trivial pursuit, that gravity maze, and you're going to turn them on their side. Cards for Humanity works well with this. And I did them in diminishing order. So again, it created that kind of pyramid or triangle effect, but instead of being horizontal, they were vertical. Now, 
games can be stored vertically. Everybody's always thinking, oh, they have to be horizontal because they fall open, but not those chunkier games. They really won't. And then I booked bookended them on each side so that they stay nice and together. It looks fabulous. Then you want to think through, what else do I have? Well, with these games, we always have lost pieces. Here's two dominoes. Here's a die. Here's some pawns. You know, what are we going to do with these things? Where do they belong? Nobody wants to put it back properly. So I got a stylish little box. And in the box, we have all those loose pieces from games, be it Gravity Maze, be it that one Marble, Marble Maze, Marble Madness. I don't know. But we got a lot of marbles and a lot of pieces from that one. And we can put them in this nice, aesthetically pleasing box that has a lid. And then when we pull out a game, we can always look in that box. Is something missing? Do we need to die? Oh, looky there. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that even though I don't have the need for a ton of books, I am getting a lot of bang for my buck storage-wise. And by utilizing that bookcase for something other than books, I've saved myself in terms that I don't need to buy a cabinet for these games, a cabinet which could easily be between one and $3,000 for something nice that actually functions well, now I've just repurposed this bookcase and made it so much more interesting. And then of course, I've layered the books and the games. So on one of the shelves, I have like an elongated game at the bottom. I think it's Operation. And then on top, I put one of our family photo albums. And layered on top of that, I put a picture frame right? And then on the other side, I did the same thing because they were two bookcases side by side, even though that's just one built in. And uh, on the other side, I did another long game, another book. And then I put like a holiday decoration that I'll be changing out seasonally, or I might pop in like a succulent there, which doesn't need a lot of light. These are all ideas for you as you're thinking about styling your own bookshelf. But another thing that I did in my bedroom, again, did not have enough books. And this Built-ins everywhere, built-ins everywhere. And this bedroom, you know, I want to be very mindful that I only put books in there that would be fun to read at night, that are light or inspiring, none that are work-related. And of course, I don't want any pictures of my children or anybody that I don't want to make out with. So this needs to be a very special place for just me and my partner. But there were so many shelves. It was so intimidating. And what I decided to do is remove a couple of the shelves and instead hang a big picture in the middle of the bookcase on the back wall. So in the middle of the bookcase on the back wall, I got this really amazing uh, picture on an online auction. I've been recently obsessed with Auction Ninja, which I'll tell you about another time. But I um, got this amazing picture of Paris, which is the most special place for my husband and myself. And I have a shelf above. I removed all the shelves in the middle and I have shelves below. And I'm going to hang this picture and then style the sides with small objets. Got to use my French when I'm talking about Paris. But guys, I want you to think outside the shelves. If you've got bookcases, don't just go to the library book sale and buy some random books. Don't feel the need to order or even use those fake books that you see at places like For Chow or I don't know. Grandin Road. Instead, I want you to think about things that you need to store and get baskets with lids and put those extra cords in there. My husband has like a whole collection of magazines. Nobody's ever going to look at those damn magazines. Sorry, honey. They're not. So let's put them in a basket with a lid, put them on the top shelf. We don't ever have to think about them again. And you get to keep all your commemorative magazines. Yay. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. 
Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Well, I hope that's got you thinking about your own bookcase. Let's dig in and think about some of your questions. My first question today is coming from Carol. Carol is writing all the way from Austin, Texas. Carol writes, hello, I'm hoping you can help me with my bedroom. I love the mid-century modern look, simple lines, lots of wood. I am searching for a bed that not only has that look, but is also very functional, ideally with storage. I worry that a lot of the king beds are very traditional. They can be boring or boxy. I've attached other furniture I'm considering for buying for the room. You can see what I like. Pictures that I've sent include a nightstand from Article, lamps from House, dresser from All Modern, rug from Overstock. Thank you for all your help. Yes, so, you know, when you're doing the mid-century modern style, I think it's a real trap to get caught in anything too literal. You know, you don't want this necessarily to look like something from the past. You don't want this to look like an image from a Frank Lloyd Wright home, right? You want this to look like an updated version of mid-century modern, and you are in luck because this style is so popular right now that you will be able to shop lots of different stores, including all the stores that you mentioned, in order to find pieces that fit the bill. So let's look at sort of your inspo. You've got this beautiful walnut nightstand from Article with two drawers and tapered legs, very mid-century modern. But keep in mind that the Article nightstands and mid-century modern in general is a little bit lower. So you would be looking for a bed that doesn't take a box spring. You might even, in the case of this nightstand, I'm not familiar with its exact height, but if it's between 18 and 22 inches, you're going to want a platform bed and you're going to type in platform bed so that the top of the nightstand is within two inches of the height of the mattress. Hopefully this is between 24 and 26 inches, in which case you would just use a standard bed, but again, not use a box spring. And then you've got this very cute lamp on top that's got this... Um, round either acrylic or glass base and got a round finial and it's just very simple and small in design. Again, we're going for smaller, daintier, less chunky, clunky, less traditional type furniture, which you already pointed out. 
And then your black dresser has brass handles, which is concerning me because the nightstand lamp looked to be silver. And you know, I don't mix my warm and cool metals. Just something to think about. It has a black finish and it has the tapered legs. It has seven drawers. I'm totally getting the mid-century vibe from each object you've shown me. And then the rug is very basic, and I would say it's just truly contemporary. I mean, it does seem to have some organic forms. It's overall cream with sort of a gray base, and it's got this patterning that it's a textural patterning. It's not actually a colorful pattern per se, but it almost looks like lines of intestines or brains. Anyway, very unique. I think it would look very nice in a bedroom, but the pattern is a new one for me. Anyway, when you're looking for a bed, I like to do, no matter your style, an upholstered bed because a bedroom has so much wood. Yes, there's a joke there. Yes, this is a PG podcast, so I'm not going to talk about the joke. But a bedroom is typically riddled with wood. Typically, you're going to have wooden nightstands because most people want some kind of storage or drawer, and it's very rare to find a metal nightstand or glass nightstand that has a drawer. Then you're going to have a dresser, and dressers, again, have the drawer. So most dressers are going to be made of wood. And in many bedrooms, you not only have one dresser, sometimes you have two. So I've got two dressers, two nightstands, all wood. And the nightstands would be flanking a wooden bed. I don't think so. Now, the other option for a bed would be metal. But metal can be quite uncomfortable to lean on. You know, either it's got slats or bars. And if I want to sit back in bed and read, it's just not that conducive or comfy. I almost always, I'm trying to think of the percentage, 70% of the time, 80, I go with an upholstered bed. And the 30 or 20% of the time when I don't go for an upholstered bed, it's because my client has told me, Betsy, I don't want an upholstered bed. I love an upholstered bed. You can lean back. It's so comfy. You can watch TV, as I did last night, slippery slope. But I stayed up until 3 a.m. watching the Harry and Meghan documentary on Netflix. Was it worth it? No. All the information was just stuff I'd heard before. Could I turn it off? No. I was like addicted and could not stop watching. Anyway, I digress. So I really love something that's super comfortable that you're not going to hit your head on that you could lean back on. Uh, and they're so affordable. And then you can just go with something sleek and simple that will definitely look MCM. You could go with something um, just really basic. You could go with some minor tufting. I would avoid any nail heads. That's a little bit too decorative and not simple enough for the mid-century modern vibe. But anything with tapered legs is going to be a win. And I actually prefer that the um, frame of the bed also be upholstered. So that way I'm not hitting my shin on something metal or wood, which I am want to do. I mean, when I had a wooden bed, I was always hitting my shin. I just had constant bruises, which is fine in the winter, but summertime looks a little weird in your shorts and swimsuits. Uh, just get an upholstered bed and frame and everything will be amazing. Just be mindful of the box spring versus no box spring conundrum with that low article nightstand. All right, everyone. Well, let's see what's next in the old mailbag. This next question 
comes from Gretchen, and Gretchen is writing from Shoreham. And the exciting thing is that we work in Shoreham. Our amazing designer, Jeannie, is out on the North Fork of Long Island, New York, in Shoreham, designing for us, and she does an amazing job. So if you're looking to transform your beach house into a winter cottage, well, you will want to call us and work with Jeannie. Let's get into it. You write, winter is coming here in the Northeast, and lately I have been wondering about my house plants. Thoughts like, what is a good plant for my in-home environment? How should I be potting the plants to help them grow and be happy? Where should my plants be placed within rooms in my house to benefit the design of a room and the health of the plant? Is there a design lesson I should follow to make sure that my house plants have the most happy place for both the plant and my room? Thank you so much for your continued lessons, Gretchen a.k.a. a faithful uploft slash affordable interior design disciple. And guys, you may have noticed this month, we are changing out our cover art. So now it says affordable interior design by uploft. Gretchen, thank you for reminding me to tell everyone that by uploft is just the name of our new company. So affordable interior design was not a name that was trademarkable. It's too generic. And so other people were able to use our name while not being us. It got to be confusing and there were other limitations with the name. We were advised a year and a half ago, two years ago, to totally change our name to something that nobody else could ever have and get it trademark protected. And that we did. We are now Uploft, same company, same owner, same everything, Uploft Interior Design. We have in a division that's called Affordable Interior Design, and we have a division that's called Modern Interior Design. We have an a division that's called Office Interior Design, and of course, our academy, where we teach people who are inspiring designers, aspiring, oh my gosh, guys, I need some more coffee, where we teach people who are aspiring designers how to become interior designers that get paid. So all of that is happening within the um, parent company umbrella company, larger brand of Uploft. So that's what's going on if you start seeing Uploft around, but um, the podcast will remain affordable interior design for the foreseeable future. All right, Gretchen, let's get into it. Now, you know, as a faithful, devoted listener, that houseplants are something I am still relatively clueless about, even though I'm very curious, bravely following my curiosity and going to Trader Joe's so that I don't overinvest, but buying houseplants. I have like 30 houseplants right now and I love them all and I water them all. And you know what gave me the confidence to buy so many dang houseplants? It was Maria Faea from Bloom and Grow Radio. She's actually changing her the name of her podcast right now, I think, to Growing Joy. But I want you to Google Bloom and Grow Radio or Growing Joy. Both of those um, are her podcasts, and she talks all about houseplants. Additionally, I've had her on this very podcast. She did an episode, I don't know six months ago this summer, all about houseplants that I thought was just amazing. And then I did her podcast and we talked about pairing the houseplant to your style. So if you are mid-century modern, like our earlier writer, there are specific plants that go really well with that style. And we talk all about that on that show. So you won't want to miss it. But what I can tell you, because after talking with Maria, I was so inspired that I did invest at Trader Joe's. What I can tell you is that the number one thing that I walked away from the podcast thinking about 
was that if your plant does not have at least some direct sunlight, it is slowly dying. That for me was like game changer because I would always get these very hardy plants that you could not kill. Plants like a money tree, plants like bamboo, plants like a succulent. And I would just assume that they would be fine. And, you know, they would slowly die over the course of six months to a year, depending on which plant. But I always thought I was really getting a lot of longevity out of that even then, especially because I'm somewhat negligent with my houseplants. But I've been putting them in rooms that have faucets. That's the key. So I've been really putting them in bathrooms. I've got plants in my kitchen because then it's a no-brainer. I've got water right there. I've got the plant right there. It's so easy for me to water. And I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. So I love having plants. I've got my fresh herbs in there, my basil, my rosemary. Uh, And then I've got some succulents in the window. But I've been dispersing these plants and I have been so successful with just that one tip. Now, Maria has lots more tips, so you want to head over there. But yeah, my two takeaways, make sure that your plant has some natural light. And of course, follow the directions. There are plants that need a ton of natural light and some that need less so. And then the other thing is um, buy cheap plants. So go to Trader Joe's buy cheap plants because how many times have I overinvested when I was staging my home for sale? I just didn't have time and Trader Joe's only has small plants. I needed really large plants. So I spent $150 per plant. They died within three months. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm sure I got more for the sale price because I did that. So I'm trying to just consider it a sunk cost that did get me some return. But in actuality, I don't know if it did. All right, guys. So I've turned you on to a new podcast, and Maria is delightful. We actually became fast friends after doing that podcast together. We now do a monthly mastermind together. We're going to meet up in Vegas in March to go to PodFest. I am so excited. I have a new podcasting buddy uh, just from inviting her to be on my show because I was so inspired by her show, and I know you will be too. Gretchen, head over there. You can start, you can get your feet wet by listening to my podcast episode that I had her on here and then listening to my podcast where I was on there and then just going down a rabbit hole with all of her podcasts. Uh, Last thing I want to remind my amazing listeners about is our competition. Competition is is our prize, is our December thing. December thing. All I want for Christmas is for you guys to go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. It is the best way for people to find our show. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review if you wouldn't mind, and then you will be entered to win. Two lucky winners will be picked to win a free online class, Styling Your Home, taught by yours truly. It is 45 minutes, 40 or 45, something in there, of action-packed goodness, tons of tips. If you've ever wanted to know how to style your bookcase, well have I got the show for you. You won't want to miss this amazing class and you'll get it completely for free, typically a $40 value by just leaving us a review. All right, everyone, have a great week and I will be right back here with you next week spreading more holiday cheer. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, 
you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.